Hello, everybody. As you probably know, I'm Molly Ambergy, host of the Casually Molly podcast, and this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. For those of you who listen to the podcast know that I have a heavy involvement in the theater community of St. Louis, as well as just theater in my life. <laughs> and I am very happy to be able to share an audio reading of my play, Lady Warrior. Uh, sitting next to me is my dear friend and actress, Kara Barisi Chandler. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for doing this. Uh, just to give a background of the play, the play was originally performed in the Afrobane Emerging Arts Festival in 2018 with the Slightly Askew Theater Ensemble. Its second performance, starring Cara Barisi Chandler, took place in the St. Louis Fringe Festival in 2019 at the Kranzberg Arts Center. Uh, this play started from a collection of journal entries that I kept while living in my parents, <laughs> I was about to say in my parents' basement, but that's probably what it sounds like. Uh, no, I got the second floor and uh, I was trying to figure out my life and I kept these journal entries from 25 and uh, three years later, I decided to put it into a play. So here we are. Uh, but further ado, thank you again for tuning in to the Casually Molly podcast. And I'm very happy to introduce again, the audio version of Lady Warrior. There is a woman sitting at the desk. She is writing. What is the answer? What is the answer? Do you know? How about you? Or you? Or you? Or you? Does anyone know? I have been asking a lot of questions lately. In fact, ever since I can remember, I have always been asking questions as if they were on a scale, such as question three, what color is the sky? Or question 10, why is there heavy traffic in the morning? And even question 18, what is the exact job description of a consultant? You seem to gain a certain bravery when you ask about something. The more knowledge you gain, the stronger you become. You have an answer you didn't know before. It's like stocking ammunition for a future opportunity on the horizon. Recently, though, my questions have become more abstract. I have lost that confidence in my fight to learn more. It's a reoccurring theme in my life these days. I don't always have the answer. Well, I don't even want to know the answer in certain cases because I'm afraid of what it might be. My questions are on a scale from zero to 1,000. I was getting ready for work this morning and I couldn't find my work pants. That is question five. Where are my work pants? Then, between the ranges of 100 to 400, there is question 330. How long am I going to stay at my job? Or question 415. Should I go back to school and get a master's? After 500, things seem to get a little heavier in importance, such as question 550, how will I pay my apartment rent? Or question 551, 
Will I be able to afford groceries this month? In the 700s, I have plenty of questions about my mental health. Some are like question 759. Am I taking care of myself? Or question 760. Do I still stay true to who I am? In the 800 range, I start questioning my family's state of existence. Like question 876, how is my family? Followed by question 877, are they in good health? And questions 998 and 999 revolve around my faith. Is there a higher power? Am I wrong to desire to be a spiritual person? Then there's the question that hits 1,000. Am I enough? The woman walks over to an easel. There is a large pad of paper that reads questions. She turns the page. The second page reads questions 855 to 859. The woman then reaches for a disposable camera. going to ask you question 855. Do you remember when we had disposable cameras? Congratulations! You just answered question 855 correctly. Let's give them a round of applause. Don't tell them this, but there isn't a right answer. Let's just keep that between us, though. We don't want to upset them. They'll eventually figure it out if they live long enough. There's really nothing like a disposable camera. It is a mix of beauty and waste at the same time. You could take a picture of your choice, except that sometimes it didn't turn out right. But you already took the picture, you couldn't go back. Once you clicked, you would have to rewind the small wheel on the side and start over again. In life, there is no rewind wheel. But like a disposable camera, we start over again, no matter what is pictured in the past. And once we are developed film, we have created our own story. What always bothered me, though, was how we could waste film. If we took the wrong picture or clicked the camera button by mistake, we wasted a photograph. And then we disposed of our camera once we were done with it. Which leads into question 856. Is that how life is? Followed by question 857. Do we see everything in the beauty of pictures, make our mistakes, waste time, and then are just disposed of? I think that's what I'm most afraid of. Living life as though I'm watching it through a disposable lens. Let me tell you all a story, if you're willing to listen. When I was little, I always wanted to remember every moment, so I took pictures of everything. Then my mom took me to get the film developed, and she looked through the pictures and said, those pictures are a waste of film. You should take pictures of real things. And I responded, but they are real. They are real to me. I don't want to forget things when I get older. And then from then on, my mom would let me take pictures of whatever I wanted and put them into albums. That way I could remember everything, even the smallest details. So I guess in the end, we never really wasted a photograph at all. 
because each small detail is what makes our story. I have always fought for those small details, even behind my childhood disposable camera. And to this day, I keep snapping shots and rewinding and starting over again, remembering as much as I can, living as much as I can, because we all ask ourselves question 858. If I don't develop the story of my life, who will? At the end of the day, we are all disposable. So that just leaves question 859. We all go to the same place in the end, don't we? All right, everyone, get together. I'm going to take a picture. I want to remember this moment forever. Perfect. The woman puts the disposable camera back on the desk. She then walks back to the easel. She turns to the next page, which reads, questions 220 to 230. The woman is now seen holding an envelope. Questions 220 through 230 can be seen as mini tests into the abstract questions to come. They arrive at a time in your life where you are fighting for the top spot, fighting for a job in a marketing firm, fighting for a seat on the Supreme Court, fighting against your cramps with a killer period mix. Oh, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. That last one is a whole test of its own. All right, so question 220. Do you remember what your first achievement was and would you mind sharing it? Congratulations, you just answered question 220 correctly. Remember though, there isn't a right or wrong answer, so you'll always be correct. Let's give them a round of applause for sharing. It's a brave step to share your story and you deserve to be recognized. Whenever I saw a friend achieve a goal, whether it be a job or a relationship or even something as simple as having a better day than me, I was happy for them, don't get me wrong. But here it comes, question 221. There is always a but, isn't there? But whomever it is to blame, whether it be society or our conscience, there is a sneaky voice that comes up and asks, why not me? That little voice is question 222. We all start out with a concrete image of who we are when we are young. I am this and I am going to be this. And as we get older, sometimes, quite frankly, we start having a shit time adjusting to the world. The questions almost seem to snowball right after the other. Question 223, how did the struggle become so real? Question 224, what is even the point of working this hard and still feeling unsuccessful? Question 225, would stripping be a better option to pay the bills? With enough alcohol, that could possibly happen. Something to consider. Back to the scale. Question 226. Remember when you were entering your late 20s and everyone around you was settling down and getting married? And then 
Question 227 would sneak up on you asking why you didn't have the significant other. And then you were horrified by question 228. Why does everyone on Tinder look like they could murder someone? Followed by question 229. If I don't have the partner and the job, am I even worthy? I know we have all thought that. It's only natural. Which leads to question 230. How do some people make being a badass look so easy? There has to be an equation for this. Wrong. You can't make it a concrete equation. No one can. You just have to get through it all, no matter what. A true badass always does. And if you need some words of encouragement, write yourself a letter. Here's a letter I wrote for you. You can open it later. The woman gives audience member the letter. She then walks back to the easel and turns the page, which reads questions 500 to 507. The woman begins pacing back and forth. She seems to be flustered. Oh, I dread this part of the scale. It's when things start to get ugly. It starts with question 500. Do we have to talk about hardship? Then to question 501. Do we have to talk about failure? Can't I just ignore both of those questions? That's question 502, by the way. I already know the answer. I can't. Well, here we go. In the words of Dr. Phil, it's time to get real. All right, everyone, listen up. Hardship, it happens. Failure, it happens. Sometimes, if not all the time, it happens at the same time. And you just want to yell out, screw you, world, just screw you. But you can't. Because life has proven that it does not stop when you solely are having a problem. As much as you want it to, it moves right along without you as if you aren't even there. Have you ever been through a breakup? Maybe even a divorce with someone? A man, woman, or a friend? See everyone? This poor person answered question 506 correctly, and they are probably one of the strongest people in here because of it. Let's give them a round of applause. You know, one time I went through a breakup. Well, let's be honest, it wasn't just one time, it was multiple times. And you all know how it starts. We think, wow, this person is it for me. I finally found someone I truly love. It's perfect in the beginning. But as question 503 asks, isn't everything? Then the six-month check-in rolls in. Question 504, where do you both stand? Question 505, do I still even like this person? Sometimes it's a great ending and you do. Or not. And just like that, you're cut off from them. You are expected to forget that those six months just happened. We are programmed early on to think that we don't have time to mourn over something like that. You are just expected to show up to work the next day and pretend like nothing ever happened. 
Hi, are you ready to give the final presentation to the board? Oh, sure, Tiffany. I haven't eaten in a week and I'm dying on the inside because someone who I spent 24 hours a day, seven days a week with has suddenly decided that they don't wanna be in my presence anymore. But sure, let's go in there and kill it. And just like that, you're back. It's a simple example, but it explains how hardship and failure are never discussed. And that's because no one, not even me, wants to talk about it. Yet here we are. I've trapped you. Feels therapeutic, doesn't it? And it doesn't just stop in the romantic arena. You are constantly bombarded in all life arenas. If someone dies, you still have to pay for the funeral. If you got into a car accident, you still have to walk around and pretend like you're happy. If your team lost in the final four, well, there goes your perfect bracket. Well, at least there's always next year. People in this world just don't care about your problems. Sometimes they are happy that you failed. What is wrong with people? That is question 507, by the way. It's the worst question because it's rhetorical. Oh, these rhetorical questions are going to happen up and down the scale and we just have to get used to it. Most people, if not everyone, will judge you and be disappointed with you at some point and this may be vice versa. But this isn't your cross to bear. If you wanna say sorry, do. And if you don't, then don't. You don't need to take the world's garbage with you as you move along in life. Keep punching back and just keep fighting for what you want. Don't let hardship and failure win in your story. The woman walks back to the easel. She turns to the next page, which reads questions 700 to 702. The woman then picks up a drawing from her desk. She shows it to an audience member. Hello, this is question 700. What do you think of this drawing? It's a question of high importance because I drew it. Thank you. This is just a childhood drawing, but it means a lot to my parents, so I still keep it around. Now, question 701. Do you still hold on to that child inside of you? Congratulations, you just answered questions 700 and 701 correctly. You get a round of applause. I'm sure you've noticed that we have been giving a round of applause to others during the show. You may be enjoying it, or maybe it's making you feel uncomfortable. Well, how I see it is this. If you did something good for someone else, like a simple round of applause, you have helped that person celebrate in a small victory today. And all those small victories add up to the bigger picture. Which leads me to question 702. What is the bigger picture? It seems like a vague question, yet we ask it all the time. Honestly, we will remain in vague territory for this question. But what we do know is that we gave someone a round of applause. If that's one good thing we passed on within the last 24 hours, that's a victory. These victories can even be brushing our teeth, getting our kids fed and into pajamas for bed, or even making it to work on time. You don't have to be a superhero to make a difference. 
Sometimes you can simply be present in the audience of a theater clapping your hands. It's the easiest battle you'll ever win. That's the beauty of it. walks back to the easel, turns to the next page, which reads questions 991 to 998. She then walks back to the desk, sits, and begins to pray. Hello? Um, question 995. Is anyone listening? Okay then, question 996. Are you more of a silent partner? I can work with that. You know what they say, silence is golden. All right, if anyone is out there, I'm here. I try to check in, but I'm not very good at it. Isn't it funny? We always seem to check in when something is going wrong, but never when anything is going right. That's question 997, in case you were interested. Anyway, I have a few things I would like to talk to you about, if you're willing to listen. Okay. I'm going to take that as a yes. I've always found that people who are more the listening type are more intelligent anyway. So... Here's what I'm thinking. I have always admired people who have a strong faith. They never seem to struggle with question 998, which asks, is there a higher power? Or question 990, how can these people be so strong? I know I digressed back in numbers, but this part of the scale can be unbalanced. My spirituality changes in different situations. But I want the same kind of faith they have, the same certainty, the same unquestioning nature that life is all going to work out. So here's question 991. Why can't I be stable in my spirituality? Which leads me back to question 999. Is it wrong for me to desire to be a spiritual person? I've been trying to find more meaning in my life through yoga and reading, writing, walking in nature, and these are all great healthy methods of expressing myself, but I still feel lonely sometimes. That's why I struggle with question 992. Why do I feel so empty inside? I'm crying out of nowhere. I feel like no one understands me, and every day I seem to want a vacation from my life. Oh, even when I'm on vacation. In questions 993, I feel like I am going through this transformation all by myself. Why do we all have to go through these changes alone? Well, we don't have to go through life alone, you know? Oh, God, am I making any sense right now? That's question 994. You don't have to respond. Oh, that's right. I forgot you're not much of a talker. Well, I am, so this is all working out for the best. 
Think about it, though. We live in a world with billions of other people, so talk to them. Hug them. Make them a dinner. Self-transformation didn't happen because you were sitting on a couch alone. It happened because you were sharing your time and energy with others. It happened because you were fighting for what you believe in. You were fighting for your existence and your purpose. That's it. Well, to whoever was listening up there, thank you. We should really do this again sometime. Great. I'll pick the time and the place. And thank you for listening. The woman goes back to the easel. She turns to the last page. It reads, question 1000. She then grabs a flashlight from the desk, turns it on, and begins to walk into the audience. Excuse me, uh, can we have some more lights in here, please? Ah, there we go. Oh, well, with all these lights on, it almost feels like last call at a bar. <laughs> it's an awkward time, last call. You're in the moment, talking to people, having a good time. When all of a the sudden these lights come on and you see everyone for who they really are. Some people you still know and others you see a whole new side of. It's very similar to the end of a show if you think about it. We are in this beautiful moment. Then the house lights come on, the actors bow and everything is over. But we were having such a good time. Why should it come to an end? That's the secret, though. It never really ends. It's like a phoenix. We all rise again from the ashes. We will have another great night out. We will produce another show. We will create a new moment. And that's when the 1,000th question comes in. Are you enough? And then comes question 1,001. Am I enough? And question 1,002. Are we doing enough? And question 1,003. What even is enough? Yes, I fooled you. You thought this whole time that there were only 1,000 questions. That's just it, though. You don't stop your journey through life at the 1,000th question. You keep asking. You keep going. The scale is infinite. And with infinity, enough never truly exists. Everyone in this audience tonight has a version of their own scale. We as humans have a desire to be more, to do more inside of us. And if we aren't satisfied with what we did today or the day before or even months after, we immediately categorize ourselves as not enough. Well, I'm here to make sure you leave tonight never putting yourself in that category again. Look around the room. We have all different types of people sitting in here. And for a certain period of time, we sat in here breathing the same air and listening to the same stories. 
we clapped, <laughs> we maybe laughed, we maybe listened, but the reality of the situation is that we cohesively sat as strangers in the same room together with all the same questions about life at all different stages of our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, that is enough. If you came here tonight with the best intention of seeing something different, that is enough. If you are accepting your past and moving forward, that is enough. There will be that secondary voice that tries to tell you differently, but your inner warrior will combat that voice and remind you that you are worthy no matter the answer, concrete or abstract. That's how I visualize my strength as a warrior. Or in my case, a lady warrior. I prepare myself for the questions to come and I am ready to fight for my own story. I am aware that what I bring to the table may not always be accepted by others. In fact, I'm pretty confident in that. That's the beauty of it though. When you are a warrior, you have comfort in already knowing that you are enough and you are prepared to fight for more. <laughs>